super important if you want to be successful as a creative. Distraction is all willpower. If you did that and you actually adhere to those rules, you would 100% get things done. Hello and welcome to the Mangaka Education Podcast where we talk about the business of making manga, webtoons, anime. I am your host, Brandon Chen. I'm a professional in the manga, webtoons, video games, and novel space. I write for all of those things. I also own a studio that creates manga and webtoons professionally for major publishers. Today, I asked you guys to submit some of your questions to me on Instagram on Inspired Author and Mangaka Education. So let's get right into your questions. How do you get others to read your webtoon? So there's a couple ways, right? A lot of creators rely on the publisher to release their project also to market their project because a lot of creators are not so much marketers, right? We focus a lot of our creative energy into actually making the products, but not so much. How do we sell the product? I think that's where a lot of creatives go wrong. I think if you have marketability and you actually gain back power from your publisher, rather than just relying on your publisher to market your work exclusively, because there's a scenario where they might not market your work and then you're at their whim and then you have a scenario where your stuff doesn't get marketed and then you're screwed. So rather than do that, it's a really big and super important thing to start building your own personal brand for not just yourself, but also your project so that when you have to market your project, it's really easy for you to put stuff out there. I would just say posting on social media, if you want to do ads, signings or something like that, do whatever you need to do. But ultimately looking at marketing and being a master of marketing is super important if you want to be successful as a creative. As much fun as creating stuff is, you can't ignore the fact that you also have to market everything that you do. How can I study to improve my manga narrative. First off, by watching podcasts or videos like such as mine, manga classes and books out there. Kirogiro Rocky's manga and theory and practice is very useful. I have a manga class out there. I'm working on a webtoon class right now. Looking at a lot of educational resources is super good. Reading manga and webtoons and watching anime with a very analytical lens. Basically looking at how those narratives of those very successful series, how those operate, what the structure looks like, what works, what doesn't work, and then being able to pull in aspects of that and incorporate it into your own work is pretty useful. Studying works that you really like and seeing how they did things from a narrative perspective is arguably better than any class that you could ever take. How much is too much for characters in the first few chapters? When you're doing a manga or webtoon or anime or comic or novel, I think the main thing is when you introduce characters, it's a really exciting thing because readers really like new characters. The downside for introducing too many characters at once is you are unable to give them all screen time and therefore the attention that each character deserves. I'll give you a good example. In a lot of shonen manga, the example being Dragon Ball, another example being Naruto, you have a lot of characters, huge cast. The issue is when you introduce a lot of characters to the narrative, you have to somehow keep them in the narrative and keep them relevant. Otherwise, you might as well just kill them off and kill them off or just like send them off screen somewhere. So if you're including characters and introduce them, don't just make them stand there. Otherwise, you might as well have not introduced them at all. Too many characters for the first couple chapters is the number, whatever that number might be, that's you cannot give proper attention or screen time to. If you introduce a bunch of characters and you have no intention of developing those characters or building intrigue to those characters, then you might as well not introduce them. It's okay to introduce a character and be like, hey, I'm going to dive into this character later. My Hero Academia does that with Todoroki, where they introduce him as part of like one of the classmates and then they get into his character super like later in the, the school tournament arc and then he becomes one of the main characters. That's a good example of we introduce the character very vaguely and then we build intrigue and then we get into his character a lot later. But if you have no interest in developing characters at all, good example, Ten Ten from Naruto, 
not a very developed character, even though they had like so many chapters. That's a scenario where I would just, just not even bother introducing the character or kill them off. The problem with killing characters off when they aren't developed is that it just feels cheap also. So I, I just wouldn't even introduce them, even if your game plan is to kill them off. How to participate in a manga contest. So there's a lot of manga contests internationally that are now happening. There are some contests such as Shonen Jump Tezuka, which is primarily rooted in Japan. So you, unless you're Japanese and have a Japanese address, you cannot enter certain competitions for manga in Japan. However, there are some manga competitions that are international. An example is the Silent Manga Edition, which I entered in one a couple months, I think maybe a year ago. There are certain manga competitions that are international that you guys can definitely enter. You just have to find them. They all have submission guidelines so just look at the submission guidelines and then you can enter how to not get distracted that's super hard i am distracted all the time i'm always on tiktok i'm always watching videos i'm always getting distracted from writing and doing stuff sometimes i'm i'm talking to my art director or you know someone from my studio about one thing like hey this panel doesn't look too good and then we'll go on this off tangent about like wow my favorite anime is jujutsu kaisen and this is why sometimes i just go on tangent how do you not get distracted super hard it's a lot of just like mental willpower this is not something i fully mastered yet something that I do is I will just close all the tabs of things where people can reach me because the biggest distractions in my opinion are things that are related to connectivity. Connectivity being like social media, YouTube, uh, Discord, anywhere where people can reach you or you can just be mindlessly scrolling are usually the, the key distraction. So if you completely eradicate those things in terms of like your ability to access them, it becomes a lot easier for you to just hone in. This is a theoretical thing that I haven't implemented, but I know it would work because I've seen a lot of project managers do this in productive people. If you block out time in your calendar and you're like, for this two hours, all I'm going to do is write this series. If you did that and you actually adhered to those rules and you blocked out everything else, a lot of it's mental willpower. If you just like turned off your phone, shut off Discord, blocked YouTube, for those two hours, all you did was work, you would 100% get things done for those two hours. Again, distraction is all willpower in how much you can personally persevere against like the temptation of all these things, social media and such. So how to not get distracted is up to you, but looking at productivity hacks is probably the key thing. How to control the pacing of your story so it doesn't overwhelm your readers. Something that's super important is, especially for our first chapter, is info dumping can be sometimes overwhelming. Too much text can also be super overwhelming. I'll give you a good example like Hunter Hunter. When you look at some of the recent manga chapters, it's pretty much a novel right a lot of text is a scary thing to look at when you're reading a manga you just like read that good example another one is Jujutsu Kaisen when they had that one guy with the slot machine when they were explaining his abilities there's just so much to explain and there's just so much going on most people are like skimming through that if I'll be honest with you so keeping things really concise keeping things not too complicated unless you're like pretty deep into the story is probably key not trying to cram too many story beats into your earlier chapters chapters. Keep it slow. You're taking the reader along with you for the journey. You're introducing them to your story. It's this balance of like giving them information and getting to the meat of the story at the beginning, but also holding their hand as you bring them in because you want it to be kind of a very smooth transition as opposed to just being like, here's my entire story. There's a lot of information. Accept it. Understand all of it. You know, the reader's gonna be like, whoa, too much going on. Just be very wary of not scaring off your reader. Sometimes it's a stylistic thing. I'll say Studio Trigger is a good example of where they pile on, things move super fast in terms 
terms of pacing, but it's honestly probably better to go slower than it is to go faster. If you go too fast and there's too much stuff going on, it's a lot easier to just mess up. As a writer, do you personally draw out sketches for characters in your series, or do you just describe what it looks like for the artist and allow them to work it out? That's a really good question. So in traditional manga duos, actually a writer such as myself would draw the manga name. For character designs, you usually just do like a character sheet and you leave it to the artist to implement that. But in terms of storyboarding a chapter, usually that is left up to the writer to start a storyboard and then the artist will then do their own version of the storyboard based on the writer's storyboard. They call this in Japan the name, manga name, which is just the storyboard. In my opinion, it's not so necessary. I think sometimes like it can be useful to give the artist an understanding of what your, how you envision the composition of a manga page to look like and the individual panels. However, if you trust the artist and the artist is actually good and talented and can implement panels on their own and sometimes do their own creative twist, I personally would just let them do the storyboard entirely. What I like to do instead is to write a very detailed script. My scripts are so detailed. I've been told that detail is pretty much almost exactly what you would envision for the actual panel on the page. But I do not tell them that they have to follow the script to a T. It's mainly meant as a guideline for the artist to use to do their own interpretation. I'm not so much of a hand holder where I'll force an artist to draw something a certain way. That's not how I am. Mostly because I work on so many different projects, there's no way I can force every artist to match my exact vision because I work with artists in a collaborative capacity. It's as much of their project as it is my project. I don't make them draw a certain way and I don't make them do a certain panel I only want for my artists and my projects for them to be able to put out the best that they can put out. And whether that's following my script or how the artist wants to implement that on the page doesn't really matter. I will just only advocate for whatever makes the best thing. Long story short, I don't draw out the sketches. I would say it's useful to draw the sketches if you are at a higher level of talent than the artist that you're working with. So for example, if I were to work with a brand new artist, an artist that has not done manga or webtoons before, then it might might be useful for me to storyboard things out for them and then they can interpret that however they wish but because i work with a lot of people who are just as talented or even more talented than me then usually i can write a script and they can honestly improve upon what i do if you're planning to get an anime why not go for more manga than webtoons as we know that manga have more chance to get an anime also any tips on how to write scripts so my goal is to get an anime before i turn 30 years old super hard i'm 26 i only have probably two series right now that are on track to probably you know be on that path because they are popular great question why webtoons and not manga one webtoons are more of an international medium than manga international medium in terms of creator base there are a lot more international creators in the webtoon space there's webtoons in europe webtoons in japan webtoons in china webtoons in korea webtoons in south america north america there are creators who are killing it and making a full-time living all over the world. Japan, I will say that 99.9% .9 of mangaka are Japanese. That industry is a lot more gatekept. They're trying to make it less gatekept. I imagine it's because manga and anime are becoming a lot more international in terms of like what people are interested in. So they're trying to pull in talent from all over the world. That being said, there's not a lot of good mangaka talent yet internationally. I would say like some of the best ones are probably in Europe, not yet in North America. North America doesn't have a lot of good mangaka yet. To be seen, we're, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it comes in the coming years.
years. But I would say just easier to make a living from Webtoons given the current environment. I would say that Webtoons, like I usually say in my videos, are a newer medium. And so therefore I see it as a lot more disruptable for a higher level talent. It's easier to stand out. If you go into manga, there's already a lot of legends that are still serializing, right? Like Takiko Inoue, Horikoshi, Kishimoto is still doing stuff. Oda has been serializing since my birth. In Webtoons, there isn't that level of legends yet. So I would say like you have a bigger chance at becoming the next Oda in the Webtoon space than you do if you were to go into manga and try and compete against Oda himself. That being said, if you somehow were able to compete with Oda, you would probably have more clout than you did if you were to just become the next Oda in Webtoon, right? But again, I'd, I'd say that Webtoon also has a really good opportunity to make anime as well. But I have not given up on manga entirely. I'm still keeping manga as a key part of my studio's goals over the next like couple of years. It's just that Webtoon serializations are a lot easier to land because we're, you know, I'm based in the United States. It's just a lot easier for me to land Webtoon serializations than to land a manga serialization in Japan. It's easier to get a serialization done and therefore easier to put content out. That's probably why I lean more into Webtoons than I do manga right now. But manga is my passion. It's why I got into Webtoons in the first place. It's why I got into storytelling. I will never give up on manga. Here's a good question and it's the last one that I'll do. How do you monetize the actual Webtoon or comic? Is the only real way volume sales? Most Webtoons don't sell any physical copies. How do they make money? So if you sell on Webtoon Canvas, honestly, the only way to make money through like self-publishing platforms usually is through one donations, support through Patreon, support through merchandising, that kind of stuff. And if they decide to package their Webtoons into physical copies and then sell those in a self-published fashion, that's another way you can make money. If you're in an originals path, people pay to read chapters ahead of time, right? If you look at Tapas or Webtoon or a couple of other publishers out there, usually there's some kind of way where you can buy to read chapters ahead of time. So that's one way that creators make money. There's also ads that are running on, on your Webtoons. And I think that Webtoon Canvas creators also get paid by ads, I think also. So I think just attention, you get paid on attention, you get paid on whether or not people buy your stuff. I think then you could package the IP and go to print, you can go to animation, you can go to live action, people get paid for those. So there's a lot of ways that you can get paid for building intellectual property. I would say probably the easiest way is if a platform has built in monetization features, such as like, you know, you can donate money or you can buy chapters or you can any way where you can get money, you know, like buying merchandising and stuff like that is probably the easiest way to make money off of like webtoons. For manga, a lot of the money comes from volume sales for sure. I'll say like manga because it's more of a printed focus seems like it's easier to monetize than, than webtoons. But I would say that webtoons are a lot more accessible than manga because you can just read a lot of these chapters for free, right? That is the end of today's episode. I want you guys to be leaving some more questions in the comments. If you have any questions at the manga webtoon anime industry, please leave in the comments and check out my studio's projects for publishing stuff ongoing, serializing multiple series ongoing. You can check out all the series in my description. Feel free to leave comments, like, comment, subscribe. I'll catch you guys on next week's episode. Peace.